You are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Well, I was thinking about this morning all of the things that I love. I love tacos. I love my wife. I love coffee. I love my kids. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I love going and watching the Marvel movies. I love my church. There are just an awful lot of things that I would tell you that I love. In fact, if you know me, if you've ever had a conversation with me, uh, it is likely that you have told me a story, and at the end of the story, my response has probably been, I love it. And depending on whether it was a good story or a bad story, it was either, oh, I love it, or it might have been, ugh, I love it. You know, cause, but I say the same thing. It's just the tone of voice that tells you whether I'm being serious or whether I'm being like sarcastic, you know, but, but there's just an awful lot of things. What is it that I love? It doesn't matter. I love it. And, and that's kind of the way it is with that word love, right? We use that word for, for love for a lot of different things. We use love when we talk about stuff that we think is awesome. We talk about love and the way a man loves a woman. We talk about love and the way that we love our children and the way we love our church. We talk about how God loves us, which can kind of cause us to ask the question, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Sorry, I'm dating myself. But what, what is love when, when John tells us in his letter for the third time now to love one another, what does that look like? We've been walking through the book of 1 John this summer, and uh, the, the series is called Prove It. And, and the big idea, the big question that we've been unpacking as we've been reading through the book of 1 John is, how do I know that I'm a Christian? How can I have some assurance that I belong to Jesus, that I am really a part of the family of faith? And sometimes John talks about being a part of, being a part of the family of God has to do with what we believe about who Jesus is. And then sometimes he says, the way you can tell that you're a part of the faith has to do with how you act. And this is going to be one of those how you act chapters. We're going to be in chapter four this morning, and this is the third time that we have gotten the command from John where he says, love one another. Love is a big deal to the apostle John. In fact, we have a nickname for him. If you ever study Bible study or you go to seminary, they're going to call him the beloved disciple. Anybody ever heard that before? The beloved disciple. John is always talking about love. John 3, 16 is the verse we all know because it's in the end zone for God so loved the world. Love is a big deal to John. John talked about love and loving one another in chapter two, and then he talked about it in chapter three, and this morning he's going to talk about it in chapter four. He just keeps coming back around to this idea, this very important idea that as brothers and sisters in the faith, we are to love one another. There's a story that's told. Remember, most of Jesus' disciples died for the faith, and so they died relatively young men. 
But remember that John was younger than the rest of the disciples. And John was actually the one disciple who lived to very, very old age. And so as an elderly man, he would still minister to the saints uh, at the church in a place called Ephesus. And so the story is told that they would actually bring John as an elderly man into the church. And everybody wanted to hear from John. Because at this point, John is one of the only people left alive who actually saw Jesus and walked with Jesus and heard Jesus teach and had a relationship with Jesus while he was on earth. So everybody always wanted to know, John, John, do you have a word for the church today? And it didn't matter which church he was in or where they would take him. John always said the same thing. They'd bring him up to the front and John would say, love one another. Brothers and sisters, love one another. Love one another. Didn't matter. It didn't matter which church he was in. Didn't matter which congregation it was. He always said the same thing. They'd bring him up to the church and he would say, love one another. Love is a big deal to John. If you've got a Bible this morning, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. And I'm going to start reading in verse 7. And John tells us, beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love God does not know God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So John starts this section of the letter and he says, beloved, let us love one another. When he says beloved, he's talking to other believers. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the saints. And and it's like he's saying, my dear, the people that I really care about, let us love one another. That's an exhortation, okay? That's a fancy word for saying that John is encouraging us to do what we ought to be doing. It's a little bit different than a command when he just says, love one another. He'll do that later. But right now he's saying, let us love one another. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Let's get on board and let's do this thing. And then he tells us why. Because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. See, the idea is this. The love that we have for one another flows from the source of the one great lover who loves us all and created us all. And once we have found that love, once we understand the love that God has for us, that's a love that becomes contagious and it's a love that we can communicate to other people. When I put my kids to bed at night, uh, I open up the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. If you guys have kids or grandkids and you're looking for a resource, I highly recommend this. Every story leads to Jesus. And every time she's talking about the love of God, uh, she has this way of saying it that I love. Uh, She says his never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. 
That's the love that God has for us. The love that that we have for one another is a love that comes from God. And so once we have experienced that love ourselves, we can pass that love on to other people. But the opposite is also true. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. You see, once we have come into that relationship and we understand the one true God of the universe and we understand that he is a loving God and he has commanded us to love, if if we don't have that relationship, we're never going to be able to love properly. And so one of these ways that, that John is helping the saints understand, how do I know if I'm a Christian? He says, do you love one another? Because God is love. The God that we worship is love. Now I'm going to pause for a second. And and pardon me, I'm going to trip over the soapbox here. I want to unpack this just a little bit because this is something very tricky. Because our world, uh, both in our culture and also some inside the church, they take the second half of 1 John 4 verse 8, the God is love part, all right, and they build their whole theology around those three words. And so I was, I, was at the, I was at the raceway yesterday, and I was getting my happy tacos because I love tacos. And I was listening, and on the radio, I heard somebody say, well, you know, I do what I do because God is love and love is God. You guys ever heard that before? Have you guys ever heard somebody take the words of John when he says God is love and flip it around and say love is God? Have you guys ever heard that? Okay. And some of you guys are like, well, I studied math and I learned that whatever's on either side of the equal sign, you can, you can flip them back and forth and it's okay. The equation is still true. That's true in mathematics. It's not necessarily true in language and it's not necessarily true in theology. Let me explain what I mean. When we say that God is love, we are making a statement about who God is and how he has revealed himself in his word. We understand that the God we worship is a personal God who desires a relationship with us. He is a God who is good, who always wants what's best for us. All right? So when John says that God is love, that's what he's talking about. He says, look to the God of the Bible. This is how God has demonstrated that he loves us. God is love in the same way that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If you flip that statement around and you say love is God, all of a sudden you mean something very different by that statement. Because like we pointed out at the beginning, we use the word love in our culture an awful lot. We use love to talk about when we think something is awesome. We talk about loving cake. We talk about loving tacos. We talk about loving coffee. We talk about the way we love our children. We talk about the way a man loves a woman or a woman loves a man. There's all sorts of different ways that we say love. Love can mean I think you're great. Love can mean I like being around you. Love can mean I'm attracted to you. Love can mean I have fuzzy feelings towards you. Love can mean I would throw myself in front of a bus for you. And when we take that whole big idea of what we think love is in our culture at this time and on this day as we're feeling about it at the moment, and we say love is God, 
We're actually saying something very different because our concept of love is not personal and it's not, and it's not, uh, uh, based on, on the Bible. It's based on whatever we think. And when we take God and we make him in our image, that's called idolatry. It's supposed to be the other way around. We're created in God's image. So John tells us that God is love. So he's making a statement about who God is, not necessarily making a, a statement about like a, like a definition of love. And so you might ask at this point, you're like, okay, I get it. God is love, but still I have this idea of what love is in my mind and it could mean a whole lot of things. In fact, you may have heard before, there's like four different Greek words for love that mean different things. And, and so what exactly is John talking about? And John says, I'm glad you asked. Let me keep reading. And this is what he says. He says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So we might come to the scriptures and we come to the apostle John and we say, I want to know what love is and I want you to show me. And John says, if you want to know what love is, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Jesus shows you what true love is. This is the kind of love that I'm talking about. The fact that God loved us so much that it was a love that cost him something. It was a love that was expensive. It was a love that was sacrificial. It was a love that caused Jesus to leave eternity in heaven, enter into human history, be born in a manger, live 30 years-ish uh, on, on a life, living a perfect life that none of us could live, dying a death that we, all that we all deserved so that he could be the propitiation for our sin. That word propitiation has come up before. Uh, we, we looked at this word a couple of weeks ago. It's the idea that Jesus is standing on the cross. Jesus is standing in our place for our sin as our substitute. The idea is that we had a debt because the wrath of God, because of our sin, had to be reconciled. And Jesus took that punishment on himself. He paid that debt himself. He gave himself in our place so that we might have eternal life with the Father in him. So you see, when John is talking about the love that God has for us, he's talking about a love that is very expensive. It may have been a free gift for us, but it's a love that cost Jesus everything. If you want to know what love is, look at Jesus. And he did this when there wasn't much about us to love. How many parents I got in here? How many of y'all have raised kids or are in the process of raising kids? And okay, let's, let's just be real for a second, okay? I would say there's probably not a parent in here that wouldn't say, I love my kids. And you probably love them unconditionally. No matter what my kid does, I'm still going to love them. Can I see some heads nod if y'all would agree with that statement? 
But is it also not true that there are times when it is easier to love your kids than others? Right? When my kids are being cuddly and cute, when they're saying nice things, when they're doing what I ask them to do, when they're asleep, you know, these are all times when I appreciate and I'm like, oh, I love being a dad. And then I take them to the grocery store. And they're fighting with one another in the back seat and they're pulling stuff off the shelves and they're fighting over who's going to get to ride in the cart and they're running, they're running loop-de-loops around the store. And I'm afraid somebody's going to call security or somebody's going to call CPS. Now I still love my kids, but it's a lot harder. Can I get an amen? Okay. Folks, God loved us when there was nothing lovely about us. Okay. Our sin was not cute. Our rebellion was not cute. We had walked away from God. We had ran away from God. We had ignored God. We defied God. We pretended like he didn't exist. We, we uh, anointed ourselves king of our own lives. And yet God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't just love us when it was easy. God loved us when it was hard. And so the, the Apostle John, just like he said every Sunday to that church, brothers, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And this is the part where I want to kind of pause and challenge us a little bit this morning. Because I think what John is saying there is when he says, beloved, if God so loved us, if God loved us like that, that's how we ought to love one another. So do like a mental exercise with me for a second, okay? Now, I love Sunday mornings because I get to go to church. And I'm sure a lot of you guys are like, I'm excited because this morning I get to go to Heights Baptist Church. I'm going to go to Life Group. I'm going to see all of my friends in my life group. We're going to study the scriptures together. We're going to spend time in prayer together. I'm going to have great conversations. There's going to be solid coffee. It's going to be a wonderful experience that, you know, we're going to sing and somebody's going to preach and, and, and it's going to be great. And I'm so excited about it. And brothers and sisters, I hope that's how you feel about coming to worship here at church. That's how I feel, man. I get excited. I get here and I can't wait for it to be 745 because at 745, Martin's going to walk through that door. And the rest of the band is going to set up and we're going to start singing and making music together. And it's going to sound great. And brother Mike's going to be here and he's going to make us sound great. And brother Nathan's going to fix all my typos. It's going to be amazing. And I love, I love Sunday mornings at Hypes Baptist Church. But sometimes I think when we read those words, love one another, we think, oh yeah, I'm going to love all the people in my church the same way I love tacos. It means I think they're awesome and I can't wait to spend time with people that I think are awesome. What happens when we have to love people that aren't awesome? What do we do when loving is hard? What's our response when you've got that one person in life group and there's always one who's like way off topic 
or they, they dominate the conversation, or you're like, they just said something, you're like, that's weird, and I don't really want to talk about that. How do we handle that? What does it look like to love one another when we might not have the same opinion on whether the music is too loud or what instruments we're supposed to be playing or which songs we're supposed to sing on Sunday morning or whether or not the thermostat needs to be higher or lower? Do we conduct ourselves with grace when we're in a situation like that? How do we handle it when we come into the worship center and somebody that we don't know is sitting in our seat. You see, sometimes it's easy to love one another because we love each other. It's like loving tacos, man. Tacos are awesome. And my friends at church, they're awesome. And I can't wait to get there and spend time with them. And it's going to be great. And sometimes it's hard. What happens when you're in in a Bible study with somebody and and they've got a different theological view on an issue than you do? And I'm not talking about a theological issue like Jesus is God or the Bible is God's word, but I'm saying like their chart on Revelation might not look like your chart. How do you handle that situation with grace and love? This is one I really wasn't even thinking of until I just stood, stood up here. What happens when a brother or a sister comes to you and they're confessing sin? And they say, brother, I've, I've failed. I've blown it. I've blown it like this and like this and like this other thing. Do we do what Paul calls us to do in Galatians and bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ and walk with that person and restore them to repentance and, and, and walking, in, uh, walking in the truth and walking in the light? Or do we sort of like, uh This will be the sinner's section. This is the saint's section over here. Have we ever treated somebody who doesn't know Jesus poorly because they didn't act like they knew Jesus? What happens when we're having conversations one-on-one or dare I say, a conversation on the internet and somebody expresses a different political view than we have. Now, I know Pastor Lee said this to you guys a couple of weeks ago, but I wasn't here and I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear him say it because, uh, and I didn't listen to the podcast, but I'm going to ask you, if somebody were to take your social media feed and throw it up on the screen, is that a social media feed that somebody would go, that is a person who loves other people? How many, how many folks are on Facebook? No Facebook people in here? One of the things I love about Facebook is the memories feature where every morning you open it up and the first time you look at it, it shows you all the stuff that happened that you said on that day so many years ago. And that is good for two things. It's good for looking at cute pictures and videos of when my kids were little. And it's good for me to say, wow, that thing I said wasn't very gracious, was it? That was... That was pretty snarky and not in a good way, you know. I went to some concert, I heard some musical group play, and the sound mix was bad, and I just let the whole world know. 
you know? And maybe in that moment years ago, I was walking out, I was like, oh, it's really important that the internet know that the sound mix wasn't good at the Chris Tomlin concert. But when you look at it years later, you're like, is this a loving thing that I said? Is this a gracious thing that I said? So sometimes I find myself deleting old stuff because like, there's just no, re- I mean, not like anybody but me is looking at it this much later, but there's just no reason for that to be there. You know what I'm saying? Do we love each other, not just when it's easy, but when it's hard? Are we willing to do the hard work of, 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 of showing love to one another, especially when it's hard? Do we have a love for our brothers and sisters that, that costs us something that's expensive? When somebody's in the hospital, do we take the time to do the meal train thing or to call Send a text message. How are you doing? Paul continues and he says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Have y'all ever heard somebody say, you're the only Jesus that someone may ever see? John says, if you want to know what love is and you, and, and you want me to show you, look at Jesus. And the world, when they want to know what love is, they're looking at us. Brothers and sisters, the world is watching. You show me a person who has rejected the gospel, who has rejected Jesus, who doesn't want to have anything to do with the church. It's a good bet that somewhere in their history, somebody connected with the church treated them in a way that was unloving. Brothers and sisters, the world is watching. That night when Jesus gathered his disciples for the last supper before he went to the cross, he said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. As I have loved you, so you ought to love one another. All, this is how all will know that you are my disciples. They're not supposed to know that we're Christians by what our bumper sticker looks like or what kind of music we listen to, or the way that we dress. They're supposed to know that we're Christians by how we love one another. And that doesn't just mean the, the family of the faith, but it extends to the whole world as well. Do we lo- are we loving and serving our community? You dropped a backpack off at Operation Backpack? Have you... Take advantage of the opportunity. Those of you who have the, who have the time available, have you taken the opportunity to be, a, to be a yet mentor and pour into one of our kids in the AISD school district? You talk to anybody in the community about a church and usually the, a, a person who's not church, they're not going to say, oh yeah, that's the church that's got great music. Or, oh, that's the church that's got this kind of teaching. Oh, that's the church. Usually what they're going to say is, oh Yeah. I know Heights Baptist Church, they, hyped, they, they helped out during the hurricane. 
Oh, Heights Baptist Church, yeah. A bunch of their people go and do YET mentorship in the schools. Do we have a love for other people that costs us something that's expensive? A love that is a sacrificial love. Beloved, if God has loved us, so we ought to love one another. And he finishes by saying, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. We're all in process, amen? None of us are there yet, okay? I look over the last week and I say, oh yeah, there was quite a few things uh, that I said and did that were not loving, all right? And I'm thinking especially about bath time last night. I was like, will you kids get in here and get what you're supposed to? And there wasn't a whole lot of love coming out of my mouth the 47th time I told him to get in the bathtub. But Pastor Lee talked about this a couple weeks ago. He talked about abiding in Christ, walking with Jesus, living with Jesus. It's like when you're on the roller coaster and you get locked in. And as we abide in him, as we live in him, his love will be perfected in us and we will get closer and closer to being able to reflect the love, the great love, the great sacrificial love that he had for us. And we'll be able to shoot that love out like a, like a beacon to the rest of the whole world. They would carry John to the church week after week after week. And John always said the same thing. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. After a while, the deacons, they got annoyed. Because they were like, Brother John, you spent three years working with Jesus. You wrote four books of the Bible. You don't have anything else to say besides love one another. And tradition tells us that John said, the command is the Lord's. And if it is followed, it is enough. In other words, don't miss the big E on the I chart. The way that we show the world how much God loves us and how much God loves them is the way that we love one another. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org slash give.